G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Happy Sunday and happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Hopefully you got to celebrate your day with mum. Uh, today I'm once again here with the man himself, JLo, discussing everything AFL fantasy and of course touching on the big Game 7's ahead. It's going to be, well, we set out for it to be a quick episode, but uh, as we tend to do, we waffle on a little bit to try and quickly get this done so that we can get some valuable sleep before the D-Nugs tip off at 3.30 this morning, or tomorrow morning, technically. So, without further ado, here is today's Sunday sit-down with JLo and myself. Another Sunday means it's time to sit down with a great man, Jacob Luthien. How are you doing on this uh, fantastic Sunday, mate? Yeah, it's good. You'd think after... What, eight years of friendship, best friendship almost. You'd know how to say my last name though, mate. It's Lothian. Yeah, I swear to God I butcher it every second time I say it. Happy uh, Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Leanne, if you're listening, which she could potentially be yeah, listening. why not? She, is, she, is, she should be. She is, she, is, uh, she is number one Sports by Fry fan. Yeah, so. uh, we're sitting here on Sunday after another round of footy. Plenty of NBA basketball stuff to talk about. But uh, traditionally, we start with our AFL fantasy scores, so... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'll uh, let you take the lead on this one, mate, because unlike the last couple of weeks, all your boys seem to piece it together this week. Well, not all, but um, luckily the ones who didn't, everyone else had. Yeah. Okay. So uh, with the exception of Tuke Miller, uh, get out of my life, Tuke. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> every now and then you have to have a stab in the dark and grab a play you like to watch and... Uh, I mean, I can tell you this much. I've not liked watching him one bit. You've, I, you know what? I haven't been able to watch him because he hasn't been anywhere near the footy. I'm, not, I'm surprised we didn't have neighbours knock on the door asking if anyone's all right because the way we were carrying on watching Tuke Miller and Angus Brayshaw yeah. in that Melbourne Gold Coast game and then the finish, <laughs> we were making some uh, primal yeah. noises. Yeah, that sure. was a gong <laughs> show. Yeah, that was an absolute gong show. From two gung show teams. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, everyone pieced it together. Had a, I think it was 2-2-7-5 this week. Um, Is that the highest score ever, Territory? For myself? Uh, yeah, probably. That Not or round all. three or two or three I had a similar. Yep. But, um, yeah, very happy with the boys. Brought in Trelaw. He performed very nicely against Carlton. As with the C on him, obviously I should have gone Grundy. Yeah, um, hindsight's powerful too. Oh yeah, you know, like uh, I've got a, a. I was talking about my potential trade, which we'll touch on you know, in a minute. But I think if you bring a Ferrari and you buy a new Ferrari, you have to take it for a drive that day. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I agree. you've got to throw the captain on any gun you bring in, just because it just makes the whole experience that much more enjoyable. Yeah, so. I might uh, might do the same thing this week with yeah. uh, my mom. I wasn't well, I wasn't too far off the pace. I had two one twenty four, but. I did have uh, Jack Ross and Matty Crouch's injuries on my team, which kind of hurts, but to be honest, I've been pretty pissed with injuries so far. I had uh, Tommy Rockliffe go down with concussion at some point this year, but I think that's almost it. Oh, and Danger. But right, yeah. like I missed the Whitfield one, and there's a lot of other... Like, I didn't have Taylor Adams, so, you know, these things happen in the season. So sure. Yeah, you've got to expect a couple of those to happen. It hurts, because I was... I kind of rushed my trades in the last... I want to say like 15 minutes before lockout this week. And I got Lockie Young from the Bulldogs, who had a 20. 
But I was tossing up getting rid of Atkins, which would have been handy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I probably would have got Ham, so he didn't do good. But I had Constable on my field in case he was going to be a late inclusion for danger and then would have had Ross or Hayes as my backup and then at the last second made the decision to switch him over and, uh, yeah, they didn't really pan out. It would have been a 100-point difference. So Right. Almost well, exactly. The good thing about injuries and the good way to look at it is if they get a bad score in that game, which a couple of couple of your crew have like Whitfield you can still make a lot of money off them you know with yeah. that with that saving 30 grand the following week and putting it on someone who's guaranteed to make 20 grand this week you've got a, you've got yeah, a 50k yeah. swing I get what you're saying um, so that sometimes injuries can force your hand in a good way I sort of see that happening to a few people like people who chucked Adams out surely made the most of that one you know yeah if you're going to get Adams out they would have highly doubt they would have reached for like a true cumulator. They probably would have yeah. gone up and got trouble or, yeah, or well, someone it. like that. Yeah, hope I hope they did go Tuki Miller anyway. So, <laughs> are you uh, you going to hold on to Tuki Miller? Yeah, I am because uh, this week I think it's I think I'm going to part ways with my the bloke who I think is going to be the greatest footballer of all time. Let's just I don't know if we've addressed this on the podcast, okay, but before the first game of footy this year, you uh, you made a big call. I'll give you the floor to uh, announce it and look. I, you can't really fault it. I mean, it's seven, eight games into the man's career, but uh, you had a pretty ballsy call. I, I've I've said it. I think Sam Walsh is going to be the greatest player of all time when it's all said and done. And we'll be sitting here in 20 years. He'll probably still bloody be playing because he seems like the sort of bloke who's going to LeBron it and just look after his body. I reckon he's going to be the greatest player of all time. And I also said... There's no reason he can't average 100 this year, which true. He's averaging 90, so yep. it could it could happen. You know, like he's had a few down games, but I tempered expectations a bit when I wrote about him in the preseason for the Dream Team boys. I was well, like, yeah. yeah, he'll go like 80, 85, yeah. but yeah, in the back of my mind, like yeah, 90s probably a bang on. He's I think yeah, 92 at the moment, having a couple of tough opponents, but yeah, goat goat status here. Yeah, I think so. So it's you've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, uh, goat. Cole and Sammy Walsh. This will uh, forever be on the internet airwaves, so yeah. uh, we can t- t- chase this back 10, 15 years from now and uh, we can compare it. Our grandchildren will be able to hear this. <laughs> you know, think about that. So you're pumping him up. He's going to be the greatest player ever, but uh, he's not staying in your team. <laughs> no, I just I think I've, I see the opportunity this week to, like I say, go from a Maserati to a Ferrari, um, and I think it's going to be Josh Kelly coming in this week. Petrocelli going out of my forward line to Corbett or someone who gets named. Yep. Um, or I, 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 if there's some way I can swing Atkins down there. I don't think I have the link, but chop Atkins out and then roll with Kelly. Yep. Um, Josh Kelly. I don't think I even said that. Um, bring in Josh Kelly. I think against. Oh Kelly, yeah. I was, going, I was like, who else would be the Kelly? But it could be uh, Tim Kelly, who we both own, that uh, also exploded this weekend. Absolutely exploded. Thank God for old TK. One more, you know, there's not that many more games until he's going to be playing in blue purple? and gold. Blue and purple? Gold. No, it's not going to be purple, mate. I, I, if I'm Geelong about, listen, mate, what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I don't think, I can't see a way that they let him go. Like, he genuinely looked like the best player on the ground today by, like, head and shoulders. And that's with, like, Danger and Ablett running around. Surely you just... And Jack Zeeble. You say, look, mate, like, you're struggling with family. We'll just, here's jobs for your family members like move them over or something yeah you know? like this is like you got something special and Geelong like have a chance to 
win a couple of premierships in the next few years. They've still got Their guns. kids look really good. Their kids look great, but so does, like, you know, Cam Guthrie's kind of, and mm. Mitch Duncan are right in that prime, and they sort of feel like very similar roles, like, um, like Tommy Joel, Stewart's Joel having Corey. a great year as well. Like, they almost seem feel like Joel Corey mm. types and, like, James Kelly types. So you're just like, God, if they can just keep TK and Danger, like the Ablett and Selwood, there's no reason they can't win a couple more premierships. They've got the same coach they won it with last time. Like, I, I, they should be throwing the absolute house at TK. Yeah, I would be stunned if they didn't. Like, he's the type... Like I said, he was the best player on the ground by far today. Mm. Can't let that type of go bloke just walk. 25 years old, too. <sighs> He's at at our harrowed 25. Yeah, he's at the the golden age. There's probably something we haven't talked about too much on the pod either. Nah. Anyone out there, we think that 25, if you're you're looking at bringing someone in, aim for 25-year-olds because that's the age that we think. Obviously, that's kind of athletic prime, but that's when you make that. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge secret. Like That's when you start to hit your prime, but... it's. I think it's genuine. Like The 25 to 26 is when it goes. Like, we were looking... Who's in that bracket? Trelaw, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, there's heaps of them. Uh, and one bloke who uh, yours truly is going to get this weekend because I tell you what, Angus Brayshaw, I don't care if he goes 140 next week yeah. or one tw- whatever, like, doesn't matter because I'm going to have Andrew Mark like a gaff yeah. in my team. Yeah, that's Who great. is 26. Yep. Turned 26 this year. Absolute gun. So uh, that's my thinking. I think I'll probably chop Atkins out and hopefully that Curtis Taylor bloke who played for the Ruse gets up because that would really help my buy structure Um, if not I'm not opposed to going like ham if he holds his spot or getting a little bit fancy and chasing someone else I've got a little bit of coin so yeah Gaffy for Brayshaw is pretty much for me and you know what going up against the D's I might just uh, chuck the C on him as well why not right you buy a Bugatti you got to put this you got to put you got a lot of cars in your uh, garage (laughs) your actually your midfield does look like a Luxury car garage. One rookie on the field, and it's Constable who just had a one hundred and seven. I'm feeling good. Well, I got two bloke Miller. Well, how many, how many rookies do you have on your field? Because I think that's that's always a popular talking point for fantasy coaches. You always see a lot of the top end guys will usually try to chop. They might even take throw a couple of darts and take gambles to try and get rookies off their field early on. And you see, it kind of works, but obviously. This year we've been a bit spoiled with Walshy and guys like Constable and Brian Myers, who's my last rookie in my forward line is looking like a boss, but how many are you currently I've, running with? I've got five at the moment. That includes, but like like you were saying, that includes Sydney Stack, who's just gone guns blazing. Um, Baker, who's playing great. So what do you have today? Uh, he was uh, sixty maybe or something like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just can't remember, but he he was sixty five. He was fine. Yeah. Um, he. Added That's what you want from a rookie, really. Like yeah. you get over sixty, you can't be too unhappy. Yeah, so I've got five. Uh, that'll quickly. That's that's my goal. I I just want to get them all off the field, and then go laterals from those guys who I who are guns who aren't yeah. performing. You know, I think that's that's the strategy I'm deploying this year. I'm very tempted to go Brody Smith from Adelaide up to someone, but I've got Laird and Lloyd Whitfield. Obviously, if you don't have him, it's gonna go down a bit in value and uh, be worth, oh, I don't know, up for the taking in probably two weeks, maybe even three. Yeah, really Depending depends. on how he bounces back this week. Right. But Coming back from a cork is no certainty. Like, I've, yeah. missed, I've missed 10 weeks with a cork before, you know? Outside of Laird and Lloyd, and maybe Tommy Stewart, like we've said, who kind of doesn't really fit my eyes. But yeah, maybe Bunga. But there's a little bit of doubt over the like 
third to eighth best defender. There's oh, yeah. a, like a group of them. So because James Sicily is someone that I was eyeing off. Basha Hooley could honestly jump into the convo if he keeps doing what he's doing. Basha, maybe. Yeah. Nah, he was great for me today as well. So I'm just happy all across the board. Yeah. Um, look, like I said, I've gone up in rank again. I've yeah. gone from 30k to like 21, 18, 15, 14, 12 nice. in the last like four or five weeks yeah. after uh, severely. <laughs> Blowing out of the water in the first fortnight or so. But yeah, not uh, not sitting too unhappy. Before we dive into some NBA stuff, I want to do a quick... Uh, we're about a third of the way through the season. Yep. Most of the contenders, I guess you can say, are pretty clear. But having a little bit of a look at the ladder, there's currently 12 teams who are sitting at 500 or better. So I thought it'd be good to play a little bit of contender or pretender. So basically, what you've got to do is fill in the eight with the teams out of the top 12 who you think will uh, finish the season inside the top eight. So Geelong currently sitting seven and one. Lock them in the top eight. Do you uh, reckon... Top four, sorry. Do you reckon they're uh, top two locked in yet? Or do you um, want, to no. see, want to see some other stuff? Yeah, they're not quite locked in. Um, you know, you worry about... I said this about Richmond at the start of the year and it's coming to fruition in a funny way. You worry about blokes who are over... 200 games and and Geelong have quite a few who've played a lot of minutes like Joel Selwood must be what 250 plus because yeah. he's just played all those final series he's, he's not barely younger that's for sure Gary is old as dirt <laughs> you know what I mean so I do worry about their health I really like the look of them and their structure but I do worry about their health a little bit um, but I, I would say they're very close to it top two lock you could probably point. say a similar thing with Collingwood at least top four lock Colling- they're both top four locks for mine yeah I agree with that and surprisingly this did shock me to find out that Adelaide have vaulted up to third on the ladder yeah bloody oath they've had a pretty decent stretch of form they won four off straight they got the Lions this week do you reckon they're uh, final certainty uh, I think well hang on let me sorry let me uh, reiterate that Obviously, after eight games, there's still, what, 14 left. Yeah. So these are uh, predictions based on what we've seen so far. So maybe not final certainty, but do you think, given what we've seen so far, that they'll finish in the eight? Uh, I Yes, I think they'll finish in the eight. I had them in the eight at the start of the year. I think I had them eighth. Mm-hmm. I think they'll still finish around that mark. Their midfield's very nice, uh, but then it gets a little bit thin after The that. forward line's a bit licorice all sorts yeah, this look, year. Like Eddie Betts is starting to look... Pretty old. Tex yeah. Walker hasn't been dominant. Jenkins has been out of the team. Yeah, got, I think, did he come back this week or is he still in the BFL? Uh, I think he still missed. Yeah. Um, but that, I, the only one who I really like is uh, Lynchy. Lynch? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I think he looks and pretty Hugh, good. Yeah, uh, Hugh Greenwood, of course. Oh, you know, <laughs> what are you going to get from Hugh? He's so. He's, you don't even know what position he's playing. No, you're right. He's a bit of, I don't think he knows what utility. position he's playing. No. Um, so, you know, you can get a bit hurt with guys like Hugh Greenwood. Mm. I think they'll be top eight, though. Well, let's not harp on too long with these guys. Yeah, that's true. Giants sitting fourth. Reckon yeah, similar deal. I think they'll be about fifth or sixth by come the end of the year. I wouldn't surprise me if they held on to their top four spot. Oh, nice. Okay. I think... Uh, Jezza Cameron, you got... I, I do forget that he's running around. And, and also, that um, Jeremy Finlayson bloke, because I watched pieces of their Hawks game okay. today, he had a couple of good patches and look... I, don't know where he's sitting on the Coleman, but I'm sure he's kicked quite a few goals. Actually, let me have a look. Um, yeah, Giants. He goes ninth. Yeah, okay, not bad. I think Giants to drop a smidge. I think that I think West Coast and Richmond probably move up. Yep. Um, so they're sixth and seventh. You got the Lions sitting at five. Uh, I think I had Lions finishing about tenth. So what? Seeing how this season's gone, because 
I had Melbourne and Essendon in my eight, so yeah. pull them out. I think most people would have. I, I could see Lions finishing about seven or eight, honestly. Yeah, I, it would I quite like Hipwood. I like their d- young defenders. They look great. Wouldn't surprise me if they uh, battled for like yeah the last or second last spot in the eight. Yeah, I reckon Lions to make the finals. That'd be nice to see. Bloody hell. I, Good on them. It's about time. Like they're probably honest. I really want to see the the Queensland teams do well. Yeah, because okay. I want to see an NRL rubbed out. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, you're not a not a fan of NRL. Oh, look, you know, there, there have been times in my life when no, I really I'm not. enjoyed it. But <laughs> I'm just genuinely, I'm not a bit okay. over it at this point. You know? All right, so if the Lions, let's say for now they hold. That means that the Dockers were sitting in eighth. Uh, the only team, or the only spot, really, that's up for grabs. Mm. So they're leading the pack of all the teams that are at four and four. Then you got Hawthorne, the Bulldogs, Port, and St Kilda. I thought that the Bulldogs and St Kilda would honestly contend for the spoon. So yeah, I had Bulldogs get the spoon. Yeah, I think I think I put money on them for most losses or something. So let's. I mean, we've talked about how good their midfield is, and that could propel them into at least the conversation. But I think they're probably going to miss, and I probably feel pretty confident in saying the same thing about the Saints. Yeah. The Hawks? They're so up and down. They can never count out Alistair Clarkson. You're right. They've been a little bit hit with injuries, and some of their older players are looking old. Mm. Um, I am I, going to say they'll miss. I actually am going to back Frio's defense in. I reckon because they're the best defensive team in the league and they're young, I reckon they, they'll have the legs at the end of the season. Fight, hopefully, Hogan, Tabner, and I don't know who it is, Lob or whoever else yeah. they've got bloody down there. I hopefully they find the right mix there, and I reckon uh, I reckon they might just hold on to eight. Just be on their defense. I'm glad that they kind of kicked a couple of late ones, which almost saved their percentage against the Tigers. They've got the best percentage outside of anyone in the top four, and I think Adelaide technically has conceded less points, but that's because they played Frio, who had what, like 19 yeah, points the yeah, other week. That's so. horrible. So yeah, I look. I'm I just wanted to see signs this year. So I don't, I don't know if I have the same optimism. And I'd probably back in. I really like Port Adelaide. Although I picked them probably to finish like 10th or 11th in the preseason. I think I'd probably side with them just at this stage. But that is, of course, with the likes of Robbie Gray and Charlie Dixon to come back into the fold. Mm. Don't know what Dixon's deal is. He's been out the whole year, obviously, so far. I haven't far. heard a peep from him either. No. Really. Well, he had a pretty like vicious injury. He had his... like. Broken ankle slash leg. So. Yeah, lower leg injuries are never good, I swear. Especially on soft turf. Like Still says he's indefinite. So. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I'll go Frio. So there you go. I'll give I'll give the uh, your team a little nod. A little bit of love. I'm a big Frio lover. So. I would uh, very much like to see a uh, Frio Dockers West Coast Eagles final. And it could happen uh, if you boys rise up to maybe fifth and we hold on to eighth. That would be, uh, yeah, be, be bloody huge. It would be a big. So much but for, you, uh, but you could never have that because if you lost that, you would never live it down. You know what I mean? Yeah, until the next one. Yeah, but there's never been one anyway. No, nah, yeah, true. It's a rabbit hole. All right, yeah, we are rattling on. Let's uh, quickly turn attention to the NBA playoffs because the reason we want to get this uh, podcast wrapped up quickly is we're going to early uh, wake up tomorrow morning. Yeah. Because Denver Nuggets basketball starts in just under seven hours. Oh. Game seven against the Portland Trailblazers. Where are you sitting? Where's your, where's your head at heading into a, another Game 7? I think, um, I don't know, Portland has won like no games on the road for in the playoffs for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
and that I sort of listen to the inside the NBA crew, they kind of think the same thing. That they're like, Portland are very comfortable at home, but on the road they're very shaky. Yeah. So, I obviously I'm hoping that the Nugget that holds up and Nuggets being really good at home holds up. Um, I do. I I always worry about which team has the best player in the series. And, you know, you can make a case for Jokic, but Damian Lillard, time after time, in the clutch, closing series, hitting big baskets, has done it. Like, he's, like, no yeah, pretty series. scary thing to be going up against. So, I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I, I sit 50-50. It yeah. really is. It's a flip of a coin. It genuinely is. Game sevens usually are, as dictated by ones in the past. You know, it's probably, say, like, maybe... 60% of the time the team that's meant to win does win but who is meant to win this one you know you could could easily point the arrow either way I'm I, just think, hope, uh, I'm, I think we're in for a for a ripper yeah I hope it's a good game that's what I was going to say I hope Jokic and Murray and Lillard and McCollum show up and it's just like here's an absolute best like, team wins somebody yeah will. best team wins and just like a basketball fans like best case scenario well this know? series has probably been the most entertaining one out of the conference semis, like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but even if you take that away, like, there's just been so many different storylines, like, Lillard and Gary have been a good battle, battle head-to-head, Cantor's had his moments, but Jokic has just been awesome, Yeah, Jamal Murray's had hot streaks, so has CJ, Mm. Paul Millsaps looked good at times as well, like, Seth Curry's had a couple of, like, hot shooting streaks, Rodney, yeah, had a skim over that. Yeah, Rodney Hood's just turned into uh, part of a big three with CJ and Dane. Yeah, I think it's. I think we've got the experience, like in Millsap. I think he's get like he'll show up to play, and then I'm just praying that the defense, like Gary and Tory Craig's defense, holds up, which it has been. So that's uh, yeah. I th- I think we. I I'm gonna go with Denver. Yeah, but I think so I will too. Home court is huge in a game seven. Altitude is... in a game seven after like a long season, after a four OT game. Yeah, I think the altitude might really help us. Yeah, even uh, yeah, home court. Like I said, home court advantage is huge. Kind of why I'm siding with Toronto as well over Philly, which oh, is the please. second game in the uh, game seven doubleheader. Spewing that it's on. Like, it would have been perfect. If it was on today. We could have just got up a bit early Sunday morning, churned through them, and then. Yeah, no, instead we have to do it on a Monday when uh, go to a day of work. I'll probably miss all, if not most of that game. I so. am, I, I, I'll just start it off with saying I am fed up with Philly. Oh, I, yeah? I just don't like any of their attitudes. I just think they, they all think their shit don't stink. Uh, and I just love Toronto's, like, just in the trenches, keep their mouth shut. Just go about it quietly, like led by the the quietest bloke in the league, mm. the quietest robot in the league, Kawhi Leonard, who's playing out of his skin. I just, and I would love to be like, I'd love people to say, all right, well, Kyle Lowry did it. Thank goodness, like finally showed up. It would be game. cool if like, yeah, Lowry had like a 20 point half. And oh, just, like, that would be awesome for his reputation. Lowry game winner. Even better. That would be lovely. So I'm praying Toronto. And also it's sort of our home away from home. So. Yeah. It That's would be very cool to see them correct. go up against uh, Milwaukee in the next round. Yeah. Giannis, Giannis yeah. and Kawhi would just get your fucking popcorn. Honestly, awesome. that that would be much more entertaining than yeah. Philly, yeah, uh, Philly, Milwaukee. I'll just say it straight away. Toronto, please get through this, and Denver, obviously. If you're running the Sixers and you lose tomorrow, and uh, I was going to say Del Demps, but it's not him anymore. David Griffin calls you up. He's like, "Yo, let's do it." Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis. What do you do? 
Or I think you'd, you'd go the Masai, you just do what Masai Ujiri does, and if you can get a top five player, I reckon as well. You take him. Ben no, Simmons is special, but the no jump shot thing is. Ben and Joel can't really co like they've coexisted, but they can't both like. Joel's not a rim thrive. Runner. Yeah, exactly. And that's where Ben excels. So like, you, maybe you're like, oh, they offset each other, but eh, I don't know. You, the one thing about uh, Embiid is that he does that trailing three pointer nicely. So yeah. once Ben gets it up the floor... And everyone bites on the world's slowest pump flag. The, but the thing then is Ben goes up the floor, sprints up the floor, finds someone on a wing who's probably going to shoot a three. And But if that doesn't happen, he runs straight to the post. Yeah. So it kind of does work in a funny way, but it's in the system they're in. I, you absolutely go the most dominant front court mm-hmm. in the league. Bar none. No one that could get close to stop. Twin Towers, uh, Hakeem and Samson eat your heart uh, oh, out. Mate, but it would, you're almost like, oh, it's better. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, that, uh, I would just love to see that as well. That would be fun as. Yeah, I agree. Although we have seen Ant Davis against, uh, next to a, another dominant big man. So, we'll just, uh, Jolly Lokerfall? With a, with, a, with a big personality and a big mouth yeah. and a big ego, you know. We'll see. I just, I'm just a bit fed up with the Sixers and the way they carry on. They're just carrying on like a bunch of like young entitled kids who've never done anything. Yeah, and I just hate that. Well, how's what's the furthest that Jimmy Butler's been in the playoffs? Probably second round. Has he ever made a conference finals? Something with the Bulls. Maybe with the Bulls. LeBron, maybe. But no, no, he's similar. But Jimmy's a veteran. He's a workhorse. Like, he's been around the league. Mm. So he can carry on a bit. And he's just that dude. But these other guys are just like, ugh, please. Tobias Harris has actually been pretty... I think he's like, from memory, I was listening to a Zach Lowe pod. He's like negative 36 for the series. Like, he just hasn't really worked. Actually, I don't know the exact numbers, but he's saying that in the minutes that Joel Embiid is not on the court, the Raptors have outscored the Sixers by like 90 points for the series. Wow. And with Joel on the court, they've outscored the Raptors by about 90 points wow. or something crazy. That's impressive. He's a great player. He needs to get his diet right and stop getting so sick. He's missed like three games this playoffs, or like two and a half, because he's been a crook. Right. It's just weird. It is odd. Philly. Philly is just broken. Anyway. Anyway. Before we uh, dive into talking about my NBA team... Quick thoughts on the Rockets and Warriors series. I'm going to probably, in the next couple of days, write a bit of a piece on uh, Chris Paul and James Harden and just how they let the opportunity slip. But I think, uh, I think I've been converted. I think now James Harden is overrated. Hey. I've been trying to uh, sit on the fence a little bit and I can see the greatness in him, but... Welcome to the club. Yeah, no, I've, I, think, uh, I think I've come to the dark side. I've been there for two years, mate. Yeah. I just, it, and it started with... And, him not playing defense like he was atrocious i've almost never seen a worse defender and to his credit he's built he's got better yeah yeah. but i just i just don't like the way he operates he's he's so smart in the way he bends the rules he's so crafty yeah like i wouldn't be surprised if he's just gone out and added an analytics guy to his team and said how let's come up with ways that i can take advantage of the rules like that seems what like what's happened but Mate, him, Dan Tony, and Chris Paul are just not winners. Like, honest to God. Like, they need to be in the same conversation as my boy Mello. Like, people shit on Mello as yeah. not a winner. but pe- And people are just ride hard and, and Chris Paul's 
I went to air, but you know what they were writing. <laughs> hey, I've been doing it, man. It's an uh, uh, explicit uh, podcast. Oh, okay. This uh, Sunday sit-down. Well, anyway, that, you know <laughs> where I was going with that. Like, everyone's on Chris Paul. It, oh, he's so good. But it's like, man, he won anything. He's barely got... Like, he got absolutely annihilated by the Spurs in that conference finals, and he has barely been back. He was there last year, but wasn't he's, he? And, but he got... He got hurt year. last year. And yeah. That's, that's what people reckon cost him, but yeah, that's still uh, Not questionable. I... Right, it gets to a point where a current, one, I think an NFL coach said it was like after a certain time you are what your record says you are mm. and like you look at their resumes and you're like oh they just can't get it done I think between them in, not including last year oh actually no forget that James Harden went on a finals run with the Thunder but yeah regardless yeah, yeah. They, they just haven't won noteworthy playoff series they've lost yeah. to the Warriors four of the last five years and you're like oh but that's a very different team but they have gone out of their way in the last 24 months to say that they are built to take down this Golden State team or at least combat them and go to war with them. Yeah. And they've got nothing really nothing to show for it. They've got a couple of home wins and they forced a game six and a game seven in two series, but doesn't really, no one really remembers who was you know, fourth placed in the playoffs. You remember maybe yeah. the finals matchups and then who won it. And Harden, just, this is probably the last point, like Harden is just so inefficient. And people are like, oh, he's scoring 36 points. It's like, yeah, he's doing around 40 shots a night. He's jacking like yeah, 15 three-pointers a game and hitting four of them. And you're just like, you know, how good are you really, mate? Like, I honestly, like, okay, I'm not going to say I could do it in the NBA, but like, there's a lot of mud players in the NBA who if you gave 40 shots, Fernie Simmons in that mm. last game. Before, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you give them 40 shots, they're going to score 30 points. Like, they're NBA players. They hit threes. I reckon if Tory Craig took fucking 40 shots, he'd score 30 a night. You know? Like, it's just... It's the system you're in, and James Harden happens to be at the helm of this team. Like, I think if you put anyone in that situation, they would... And they would do what he's doing. Well, not anyone, but... I know what you mean. I just... I think people don't talk about his inefficiency as much as they talk about Russell Westbrook. And I think it's pretty much the same thing. But at least Russell... Gets you 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and is like a hard-nosed defender every night. And like emotionally like Invested. goes after, like rallies a team around him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I totally agree with you. And like I said, I think I'm now firmly in the camp of just, yeah, nah, sorry, James. You kind of tainted your legacy forever, in my opinion. Yeah, you do. One thing that I will uh, happily talk about before we wrap this thing up is the NBA draft lottery. A yeah, couple of days away. I think it's Wednesday morning our time. Changes the fate of a franchise, let's be honest. Absolutely. Whoever wins the number one pick. Yeah. I'm probably, by the time you're listening to this, going to have published my teams that deserve to win the lottery the most. There's a handful of them that just need to catch a break. But yeah. the Cavs, probably not one of them after what's happened with them in the last uh, decade. Yeah. But had a good little who do you want to see win the lottery? Okay, well, if I, if I could see... If you could choose. If I could see Zion Williamson go anywhere yeah. in a lottery team... It's, and you are the one who brought this up. It is Charlotte. I yeah. want him to be tutored by the GOAT. That would you know what I mean? Cool. Like, here you go. Kemba, guess what? You just got Zion. Have some fun out there, man. Like, And then Zion gets to be Jordan Brand. That would just be money in the bank. That would like, be pretty exciting. It, but other than that, whatever. I would love him to go to the Cavs just for your sake, yes. honestly. Come um, on, Zion. But I, I am sure, and I've said this for quite a while now, Totally the agree. NBA, I know what you're going to say. I agree. The NBA will make sure that <laughs> young man goes to New York City. He has to. He has to. He's built for the bright lights of New York. He'll stand up to the test, and he'll just he'll like define that franchise's next twenty years. 
When we were talking about uh, Zion going to Charlotte, I threw another uh, name out there. Imagine if he just landed in New Orleans. And then they're like, oh, actually, we've got Ant Davis and Zion. That'd be kind of cool. Well, Ant Davis is gone, though, right? Like, well, is he, though? If they get Zion. No, he wouldn't change his mind. Nah, that's, no, not, no. that's not putting them into beating the Warriors' contention. They wouldn't even... You wouldn't no, even but if like, you're Ant Davis and he's still, what, like 26? He might be like, oh, actually, maybe I'll sign a one-on-one... And see what Zion's up because he's he's contracted next season. Man, that bridge is gone. It is burned. I tend to agree, but I don't think it's I don't think it's you like a foregone conclusion if they get Zion. I think it. I still think it is. You the city the city doesn't like him. You know, like the franchise. It, nah, it's the ugliest breakup that could not happen. I I could not see that happening. And like I'm not Stephen A. Smith or you know Woj, but I really don't believe that Ann Davis can stay there at all. Doesn't matter if somehow the Pelicans were like, oh no, we've got KD coming. I still just think they're like, I oh know we have to get rid of this toxic thing. It's just going to fester. Yeah, I don't know. Like now that they've cleaned house a bit GM wise and like they're moving on to like a next phase, I guess you could say, if they do win it, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. However, you're right. It's who was it that I think it was Del Demps that said himself that said it's the most toxic situation he's been around in the NBA that whole <laughs> after the all sucks though. yeah after the all star yeah that's true after the all star break like there was just it was a fucking circus just what was oh, going on yeah. there like he played and then we played twenty minutes and then not play the fourth and then took him out of the rotation yeah that was yeah. weird yeah that was weird I agree it seems like it's destined to be the decision all over again like a messy breakup. If they get Zion Williamson, like, just say, which is not going to happen, but if they got Zion Williamson, they Mm. would just be like, stuff it. Like, our future is not now, it's in five years, when this kid is jumping over buildings, and like, and then we're like, oh, we've got some other little kid, like, bring, bring Trey Jones in. Yeah. Just be like, hey, here's a point guard who knows how to play with him, and like, we probably get him with a 20th pick, and I just think, I think that they would build around Zion, not Anyway, that's we've gone that way. It'll be interesting to see uh, which team does walk away with the number one pick. I think Cavs are sitting second best odds, so that means that technically the worst they can pick is sixth from memory. I kind of don't understand the new it's rules. About, I think yeah, that sounds right, yeah, but right. hopefully we can uh, get in the top three, so then at least we're getting Jar, RJ, or yeah. Zion, or be in the position to draft one of them. Like I said to you, though, know, like if Cleveland got Zion, this will be the last thing I mentioned. If they got Zion, like I'd be like, oh cool, we've got Zion and nothing else. Like yeah. I don't think winning the lottery and getting Zion would change the franchise. No. They're three drafts away from piecing everything together. So I'm not gonna be too bummed if we don't get him. I kind of, to be honest, don't want to see him come. You know, part of me doesn't want him in Cleveland because I'm like, he's probably just gonna struggle. Like there's gonna be nothing around to help him. We have Kevin Love. This is going to be an awkward fit. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? Play Zion at the three or at center? Or we have to deal love now? Yeah, it's just a bit messy. So You do have to deal love anyway. That's I agree. Messy. Well, I think they've been trying to. Do I, I, this is the last thing I'll say. Is I just <laughs> want I want you guys to be like, all right, Colin, you had a bit of a go. You, you had no one in your way and you were meh. Stuff it. Jarmoran. I reckon Jarmoran's your future. And that's who you should build around. And he'll just be like, yep, yeah, I'll just ball out three years while we collect picks. And then I'll be the point guard of yeah. the future. We're going to prime away from uh, Phoenix, who I think is just a match made in heaven for Jeremy Rant. No, I don't like I don't like anyone going to Phoenix. I just don't <laughs> like Devin Booker and the... the Monty Williams is uh, going to change the culture uh, in, like in five years. 
Nah, 10 degrees. All right, we're waffling now. It's time for us to uh, get some well-rested sleep, well-earned sleep before uh, we watch the Denver Nuggets battle. Uh, prediction for the Raptors-Sixers game? You got Toronto taking that one too? Oh, it's honestly, it's I, splitting hair. I'm just hoping Toronto. Yeah. That's, I, that's big, the same with Denver. Big day tomorrow. A couple of basketball games, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. <sighs> prediction for Game of Thrones. Um, I... Oh, I heard, actually, this will be the last thing. I know I've said this three times now. This, uh, I can't remember who said it, this theory someone mentioned, I was like, that just it blew my mind. They're like, what if... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Severe spoiler alert. Uh, I'm sure... In case it comes true. Yeah, you never know. Um, what if Cersei was already dead and it was Aya wearing her face? And like, I can't remember how they talked through the theory, but they were like, yeah, imagine if... Like Cersei just manages, like they kill Cersei and it actually is I. I was like, what the? How would that make sense? Like, yeah, Cersei's already dead. She's been dead this whole time. No, but I is up north. I know, but, but, uh, but who knows? Maybe we haven't seen Cersei. Has anyone seen Cersei and I are in the same room? <laughs> I think Jon Snow will have to kill Daenerys after I think Daenerys so. kills Cersei. Well, I think they, I don't know, I, they're trying to set up the Mad Queen thing. It would be, I think Jamie's going to kill Cersei. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I've anyway. I think yeah. Jon Snow kills Daenerys after Daenerys kills Cersei and is just gone. Rad, rad shit. Yeah, yeah. That's my call. That'd be cool. You're like, oh, the big, the guy we kind of wanted to win beat the girl we wanted to win. Yeah, I don't know. Well, oh, well thank you for listening to the uh, Game of Thrones <laughs> Sports Bike Ride podcast. Till uh, next week. Good luck with your trades this week, mate. I uh, just, I don't care about trades. Just go nuts. Give you the nuts win. Go nuts. No big wrap-up here. Make sure you hit the Sports by Fry website for a few interesting pieces that got in the works for this week. I'll be doing a new Fry's Fast Five video on YouTube, touching on some NFL fantasy stuff as well. And, of course, always each Wednesday you can check out my Dream Team Talk Cash Cows Guide. There's not as many valuable downgrade targets. So, yeah, slim pickings, but hopefully I can dig through some numbers and find us all a cash cow that's uh, worth investing in. But that's going to do it for today's Sunday sit-down. Thanks once again for tuning in. Go Denver. Until next time, peace.